the Underdog Podcast from SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty. Football fans, welcome back to another episode of the Underdog Podcast where we talk G5 football and only G5 football for Underdog Dynasty. And this is another round of Joe Talk, and it's me, Joe Serpico. And on the other side of the mic, it is my man, Joe Broback. What's going on, brother? What it do, baby? Oh, we are up to my alma mater. It's time to talk Temple football. To you. To you, baby. T for Temple U. U for University. Uh, We have been having guests on for most of these uh, Temple, or Temple, excuse me, team previews that we've been doing, but kind of a little bit of miscommunication that is kind of uh, not going to make that possible tonight, and me and Joe are in a little bit of a time crunch because one of us has got to go to Europe. And have it's some not fun. Me. Well, you didn't have to dime me out like that. Hey, you can have me. your fun. That's that's just fine. Or, or hey, everybody could have thought maybe it was both of us going together. Who knows? Yeah, right. Yeah, maybe you're going to Italy as well. Who knows? Who knows? So yeah, I guess for the purpose of this episode, we're uh, gonna I guess kind of switch roles a little bit. I'm gonna let Joe ask me some questions, even though I told him before we start this. And I mean, I think that's a, a general thought probably around the country is it's kind of hard to know what to expect from Temple this year, just because there is so many unknowns coming off such a crazy off season. Maybe one of the crazier off seasons we've actually seen in recent memory in college football probably just just i mean just because of the you know the whole situation where you know jeff collins leaving for the georgia tech thing you know did we ever truly expect jeff collins to stay around forever no did we expect him to go after two years no, i don't think so uh, can you agree with that i didn't think he would be done this quickly no yeah, I thought he would be, at least in Philly, three years, you know, maybe three, four years, depending on how they went. But just after two years, I thought that was uh, kind of quick. Then you get, um, you know, special teams coach Ed, Colt, or excuse me, Ed Foley. You know, he becomes interim coach. He gives a fiery speech right before the Independence Bowl. Um Doesn't do much for Temple in the Independence Bowl. It kind of put the Giants in a situation where um, they got Daniel Jones now after Duke blew out Temple in that uh, Independence Bowl. Uh, Giants fans can thank us for that. Yeah, you keep thinking that. I'm, I'm going to let them think that because as an Eagles fan, I can't wait to just keep beating up on the Giants for the next 10 years. Or, well, I guess they're not going to let him stick around for that long. Two, three years? We'll see. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about Ed Foley in a little bit. But then, so... December or excuse me, December twelfth. We think Manny Diaz, the defensive coordinator at the time for Miami, is going to be the, the coach at Temple. Um, even leading up to that point, it was a little bit kind of strange because, I mean, Jeff Collins when he left, he did not kept coaching the bowl game. When uh, Matt Rule left Temple, he did not coach in the bowl game. But Manny Diaz did coach for Miami in their bowl game. And and it was really no secret that, you know, he had a big love for the U. So on December 30th, 
when Mark Rick retires, which I think shocks everybody. Like, you're with me with that, right? Like, nobody really saw that coming whatsoever. Right. I mean, I guess I could say technically, many my God, Diaz, Diaz, Diaz is a baseball player we got coming up here in Baltimore soon. Um, Manny Diaz doesn't think that that job's available. Otherwise, he doesn't take the Temple job, obviously. Like, if he knows that Rick's going to retire, he's not taking this job in, in Philly. So it opens up for him, next thing you know. And I think I, I said this immediately. The second that I heard that Mark Rick was leaving, I said, well, there was nothing set in stone that was going to stop Manny Diaz from going back. And sure enough, he did. Within, within hours, we know he's going back. So it puts Temple in the craziest situation over the offseason. But I think at the same time, kind of a cool thing we've come to find out since is you lose two coaches and you pick up $6.5 million in the process and one guy doesn't even coach a single game for you. You get $4 million off of Dias leaving. I think that's a... Uh, I'll, I'll take that if you're a program that, you know, you're not a Power 5 program. You're one of the better... G5 programs at this point, I think that's fit, safe to say after the past maybe five, ten years. But Temple picking up four million dollars, throw that into this new head coach, Rod Carey, who that is what I'm I don't know. I, I don't know a whole lot about Rod Carey, so I'm kind of uh, curious to see how things will play out with that. Yeah, it's kind of one of those, it was your kind of your backup option, and that's not. Any that means the temples. backup to the backup to the backup at that point. Right. Because, I mean, once uh, Manny Diaz left, it, there was really nobody available. Right. You kind of. Slim pickings to say the least. At that point. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's tough. But uh, kind of going to. Because the Ed Foley situation wasn't. Like, it didn't end once. They hired a new coach, and even when Carey came in, like there was still talk about him staying. So, kind of go into what happened there. I don't know. It's kind of a, a weird situation because it literally just happened, like, what, just a few days ago now at this point. Um, I mean, Carey's been the, the head coach now for a couple months. They already went through spring practice. Help. I mean, they're. Uh, training camp is what? Right around the corner, basically, I would say at this point. I'm not exactly sure what Temple's starting date is. But this is a guy who's been at Temple for 11 years, and he's loved Temple because, I mean, he is going now to join uh, Matt Rule at Baylor, but if you really wanted to join Matt Rule at Baylor, you could have the first time that, you know, when he Rule originally left and you offered him a job there. And even Jeff Collins offer him a job to follow him at Georgia Tech. So the, the whole timing of this is kind of um, ir ironic, I guess, for I don't know what other word to use right now. But, like, even he told the Inquirer the other day that, um, you know, he, di he didn't want to leave, but he didn't like the uh, the role that he was going to be given. He Basically, they were going to not let him be an on-the-field coach. He was going to be more of a director of player personnel. And I think there was the one interesting uh, note that I think makes you feel like that there was some kind of falling out that made this happen so quickly. But uh, he did say that the, he wanted to be working with somebody I like and trust. So uh, that kind of makes you think that something happened there 
between the two of them that just made him just abruptly want to leave Temple to go go to Waco to follow um, Matt Rule down there. Yeah. Well, and you got to take whatever's the best situation for you, whether that involves who you trust or if it's just a position that helps you move up in, in this field. So who knows? Who knows? Well, now that offseason is almost over, we can kind of dive into this year. Um, so last year, you and I talked a lot about the slow starts, the, you know, we bring up Buffalo and Villanova a lot. We brought them up a lot in the last year. But even the year before that, I don't remember what, who they lost to, but they got off to a slow start that year too. And that's not that it's becoming a trend, but two years in a row is definitely something to keep an eye on. So what it, what does this team do to not have that happen again? it's kind of tough to say like I said before just because it's a whole brand new coaching staff and kind of like we've talked about some of the teams prior to this that you know when there's new regimes taking over you really don't know what to expect in that first couple weeks or two now last year they started with Villanova who which was probably one of the better FCS teams in the past decade or so so should they have beaten Temple? No, I'm not going to go that far. But somehow they managed to pull that off. Now, this year they get to start with a, a Bucknell team who they should blow out. Granted, we probably both said the same thing about Villanova at this point last year. But I think the uh, – I don't know, because uh, you could make the argument that – so if you look – not to dive too far ahead with the schedule, it has – it's Maryland and then that Buffalo team again – they could go out of the gate 3-0, and and then we're not really talking about the slow starts thing. But, I mean, being 1-2 and two after three games is, again, certainly possible. So, to answer the question, I guess, I guess the first thing which we really ought to talk about is Anthony Russo is just going to have to uh, solidify the job just because last year he had a lot of turnovers, that's that's the biggest question mark. Kennedy, well, I don't want to say the biggest question mark because we'll talk about that in a second. But one of the biggest question marks heading into this year is just because Rod Carey has always preferred more quarterbacks that are more mobile, and you know, Russo ne- isn't necessarily that. So there's going to be a, I don't know, there's going to be a lot of kinks to figure out, hopefully to figure out all in that, that Bucknell game, and they do some have some time off before they play Maryland. But uh, Maryland, for since I live in the state and I know quite a bit about them too, I you know they think they're they're going to be a solid team this year as well. So um, to to not get after that rough start again, I don't know. Again, just because there's so many unknowns at so many positions, uh, at least uh, with quarterback and at running back specifically. Uh, it's hard to uh, really gauge what they're going to do at the, the beginning of the season. Going with that quarterback, you, we can probably tie in running back into this too. We thought that we had things figured out at quarterback, and then the offseason happened and changed, probably changed how we think, and you kind of talked about it in the last question a little bit. But is so is that 
position still unstable and who's got a chance to win it and then now that Rykel Armstead's gone who's who's going to be the primary ball carrier so the whole quarterback thing it so you you know how it's always different when again new coaching staffs come in they, they see things differently than the previous staff did so who knows what Rod Carey thinks of Anthony Russo as opposed to the other guy who's most likely considered being in the mix being Todd Santeo, who, when I got to see them in the spring game, not this past summer or this past spring, I should say, but last spring, I mean, he was really impressive to me as a, as a freshman. And he, he got to see some looks last year, mostly as a as a runner i mean he was lined up mostly out of shotgun doing a lot of uh, running but he did throw a couple passes i mean if you look at the numbers his passion efficiency was technically better but russo you would have to think is the more established passer that's probably why he got all the looks more more in that sense but yeah i mean when we probably did this last year we didn't think anthony russo was going to be the guy we thought that frank Newtow was going to be the quarterback throughout the season he gets hurt and i mean i don't think he was hurt to the sense that you know russo would have i don't know i guess was out for the year because he was the backup for the, the better half of the year so i'm i'm not too sure what happened there but it was also the same thing we saw the year prior that you were talking about where we saw Lutal take over in the middle of the year so I know I said to you off air that this could be the same thing again this year, that maybe it's Santeo's job for the taking just because he's the more gifted one with the mobility. And based on Rod Carey's history at Northern Illinois, he's preferred a quarterback that has uh, a little bit more wheels to him. So maybe he's the guy this year. How quickly? I don't know. So to say the position is stable... I'm not really 100% sure to say that just because, again, what we know that Carey has liked from his previous quarterbacks doesn't really make me want to say that he can do it. And I personally think that Santeo is a way better when it comes to you know running the football and this the new age of college football, you kind of want guys who are able to do both, it seems like. That's certainly helpful. I think Houston appreciates their dual threat. Well, he's a whole different animal. I am not putting Santeo on that level whatsoever. <laughs> not even close. Good. I mean, ho- hopefully he becomes that. Don't get me wrong, but I need to see that first. Yeah. So continuing. Oh, no. oh yeah. So yeah. So I guess to uh, continue on with the running back part of that. So yeah, losing Reichwell Arsted. That that is. Um, it kind of ends a little bit of a. I don't want to say an arrow. Just. But, you know, Temple's always had a set guy for maybe, say, the past eight to ten years. You know, started with Bernard Pierce, and then we had Matt Brown, and then it kind of transitioned into Jihad Thomas, and then, you know, Reichwell Armstead. So they always, there was always somebody kind of that overlapped with the other. So we didn't really have to think about it. But now we've truly reached a point where we're going to enter this year, and we don't have a bona fide guy to be that guy now do we have some pieces yeah do we have some guys that can all do a little bit of everything but there is no uh major guy that steps up and takes over the role at least from what we've seen over the years um 
I mean, the leading returning running back would be Jaeger Gardner, 65 carries for 253 yards last year. I mean, I guess 65 carries is a decent amount of carries this season, but when you think about the Todd Santeo had just as uh, I didn't write down exactly. Oh, wait, actually, I do have them right here. Santeo had nearly as many carries as him. You know, that's not saying a whole lot when you, the backup quarterback is getting a whole bunch of touches, too. And then the other two guys in the roster, Jeremy Jennings and Tyleek Rayner, combined for, so, uh, do some math real quick, 26 carries between them. I mean, there's not a whole lot of experience there. I mean, Armstead was the true cowbell for them. Smashed a ton of records. I mean, he he's left his mark on the history books of Temple. So, moving forward, yeah, it's again, it's really who is Rod Carey's guy entering the year, and we really, and I think another thing that I didn't mention, I guess, a second ago was, I've, this was the first year that there was no spring game for for the fans to see so like you don't really get to see a whole lot of what's to be expected so a lot of people don't know what we're going to find from this team this year especially at those key positions i mean even to go a little bit forwards you know we know we have an isaiah right at one side and then we have brandon mack on the other but after that, there, I mean, you got a Randall Jones at wide receiver, but if any of those guys get hurt, there's a ton of question marks because of the loss of Ventel Bryant, who you know, goes down in Temple history as one of the best wide receivers ever. Now, they're going to be stacked up front. Uh, we will say that. Uh, to get four or five uh, offensive linemen back, so they will be loaded up front. So that'll, that'll be the one thing, I guess. Whoever wins that quarterback job, We'll know one thing that for the most part they should be standing upright. Well, let's hope so, and I think we say that because it feels like the, the defense kind of carried this team early on, which isn't saying much when you lose to you know the games we've talked about. But it seems like there might be a little bit of a shift. Seems like there's quite a few key pieces missing on defense this year versus offense. Seems to have. A handful of guys that are coming back so going to the defensive side of the ball let's actually just focus on the secondary so you lose two guys that you and I have talked about all year in Delvin Randall and Rockyson. does this group reload or is there some reason to be concerned uh, I do think there's some reason to be concerned just because uh, before that, just if you want to go back one more year, they had Sean Chandler there as well, who's now also in the NFL too. So you're talking about three, I mean, maybe three of the best defensive backs that came out of Temple ever. I mean, I'm uh, willing to go that far just because just, just how dynamic that secondary has been these past two years. And, I mean, Randall, basically from day one at Temple, was was on the field on the regular basis so losing him is obviously a, a huge blow and then yeah Rocky Sin was only at Temple for one year but he kind of was the same thing as Mike Jones the year prior where they, they were guys that came in from uh, the FCS level and just made immediate impacts I mean, I mean you gotta give credit to Jeff Collins for finding these guys and making them instant stars, actually. But 
now I guess you have to ask is uh, they came in now with a Baylor transfer. I, I think that's a little bit ironic. A guy is leaving Matt Rule to come to uh, to Temple, and that his name is Harrison Hand. So he's expected to be one of the starting corners opposite of Linwood Crump, who's a guy I swear I feel like has been at Temple. He's one of those guys I feel like has been at Temple for like 25 years. I swear he was there when I was there. <laughs> I literally feel like he's been at Temple forever. But... Yeah, so he he's gonna man one corner, the other corner, and then when it comes to the safety positions, I mean that's the the biggest unknown too because the other uh, starting safety from last year and I can't believe I'm blanking on his name right now, but he's no longer oh my god what's his name? Anyways, but he he's no longer there either, so you know I mean you think about it. Put it that way: three safeties gone in the in the past two years. So you, they leave themselves with projected starters supposed to be Benny Walls and Kayvon Bruton. So I don't know. I and it's against the one thing we knew that Jeff Collins excelled at was developing secondary players. I mean, he's got a whole lineage now of cornerbacks and safeties in the NFL now. Yeah, he actually, I, don't, I think you don't give him enough credit for that. But is that guy at Temple right now? I, I don't think I can say that. We will certainly find out a lot early on, I think. But with that being said, let's dive into the schedule, huh? Yeah, let's do it. This is always the fun part. You're not going to like me today, I don't think. Uh, well, I don't like you often. Well, that's that's fair. That's surprising, but that's fair. Ah. All right, let's do it. Bucknell 0-1, right? Ha! I don't know. You told me I wasn't going to like you. I, thought, I figured you were just going to give me all that right away. No. Okay. So you do like me that much. 1-0. 1-0. I guess just to give... Um, Bill's numbers because we're not giving up on Bill just yet this offseason. He has Temple as a 44 point favorite and a 99% win probability. And hopefully I will be there. We'll see. It also depends on how uh, Italy goes if I make it back by the 31st. Hopefully you're back. If not, I'll just do the podcast by myself. No, I'll find a way to call in or something on the they, beaches. They, of, were on eight, the... they had an eighty-eight percent win probability against Villanova last year. And look how that turned out. Yeah, ninety-nine is a little bit better. I will not disagree with that. The next game is where it gets it gets interesting. And it gets it gets interesting. You I have get no... two weeks to prepare. And that's the thing. So they do get two weeks. I I, I don't know how I feel about. That actually, I guess we'll talk about it as we go along here. So, well, with the new coach, with the new coaching staff, you can play a game and then kind of see what what worked and what didn't, and you get that. I don't know. I think that kind of helps. I agree with that, but I kind of feel like then, as you go through the the later half of the schedule, you don't get to the breaks that some of the other schools do. So, I think that's what I'm not too crazy about. Yeah. But, yeah, so you kind of said it. So there's that break, and then they take on, I guess, my other team being the uh, Maryland Terrapins. It is in Philadelphia. 
According to Bill, he has them as a, they being Temple, a three-point favorite of 56% win probability. Um, I, I so I, I struggled. I struggled with this one, but no, I can't go loss. What? I can't go loss. It's T for Temple U. This is my alma mater. We beat Maryland in their house last year. It doesn't matter. This is not Maryland, even close to the same Temple team. And Maryland it's not has be the same Maryland team. Maryland has a new coaching staff as well. They have their own things to figure out down there. I am giving my Owls a win. Two and zero. Oh. Gross. One and one. Then they go on the road to take on a Buffalo team who, yes, they beat Temple last year. According to Bill, he has Mar- – or excuse me, Maryland. I'm still looking at Maryland right now. Uh, he has the Owls as a six-and-a-half-point favorite and a 65% win probability over Buffalo on the road. 3-0, and baby. Buffalo well, does. Buffalo, Buffalo doesn't, doesn't have Tyree Jackson and Anthony Johnson anymore, and they lost KJ Osborne to Miami. So, well, took the words out of my mouth. So, done deal. Three and zero. Two and one. Then the fun starts, my friend. Jeff Collins, who left us to take the job at Georgia Tech, he gets to come back to North Philadelphia. And according to Bill, he comes back as a eight-point underdog as Temple is a 68% win probability in this game. So chalk me up to 4-0, baby. 2-2. Two two. You've lost your mind. We have no idea what to expect from Georgia Tech this year. We have no idea what to expect from Temple this year. But I think, I think if you are a Georgia Tech fan, your whole – program has been built around an option team and now all of a sudden it's not going to be an option team you can't just change that over that quickly oh maybe you can though no you can't well we'll see they've got so many pieces he's got to fix i mean defensively i guess maybe he can make that turnaround a lot quicker but on the offensive side of the ball there's just too many things that got to be changed too quickly We'll see. Even for, I guess, um, I don't know, Georgia Tech's schedule, but this fourth game in for Temple, so maybe fifth game in for Georgia Tech if they have no buys leading up to that point. 4-0 for Temple. Wow. Wait till I get to my 12. Um, huh. Then the next week, well, I guess... I guess, oh yeah, I guess because I'm doing this math in my head, I guess that would be, no, I guess it is the next week. At ECU, where they will be a 14-point favorite, they being Temple again, 14-point favorite on the road, 79% win probability according to the bill. 5-0, and baby. Let's keep it going. 3-2. and hmm. Won't even give your team some love, huh? Well, at home. I give them enough love. Don't you, you, don't you worry. I, I feel like you gave ECU a win in this game, to be honest. You know, it probably did. This is why I should have written it down and then 
really we'd only be at this point we'd only be picking like three or four games because we'd have all of them picked already I guess it's kind of true and then by the time we get to UCF we already have their their record predicted yeah probably nothing but losses jeez let's not go there no but they have a top three coach right they do shut up we will be getting to that argument very soon gross top two we're gonna find out this year um so ECU gave we gave Temple a win right Temple gets a win three okay. and two three and two and you're five and oh on something that I would like you to share with me next up against Memphis Bill has Memphis this is at Memphis by the way Memphis has them as a Seven and a half point underdog on the road there. 33% win probability, and I guess this is where I give Temple their first loss of the year on the road against the Tigers because I am big on the road. Is it not? Oh, no, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Tis at home. Does that change your pick? I can't make that. No. I'm big on Memphis this year. Even though I did pick SMU to be number one in the conference. I did laugh hysterically when you tagged me in that. That was a good one. That was a pretty good one. I did laugh pretty, pretty hard about that. But no, yeah, Memphis. I have already said that I think they are the G5 representative in in the New York Six, so can't lose the temple if I'm going to make that pick. Otherwise, I have to make temple go beat Memphis and then beat everybody else. So, mm-hmm. it's either one or the other. Three and three for me. You're five and one. Five and one. The following you're week, you're out will... of your mind. Why am I out of my mind? Five and one. Five and one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Go. Keep going. Go ahead. Did, did we see them go seven and one last year in a conference? No, but we also didn't see them losing their first two games. Touche. Then they would have went... Never mind. At SMU. Yeah, I just said that SMU is my team, and I picked them to win the West. Or in the coaches' poll. I would really like to know who actually did that. Can we find that out? I know. I want to know. I want to know who that person is. I want to slap... I want to shake their hand. So at SMU, Bill has the Owls as a two-point favorite on the road, a 54% win probability. But like I said, I'm I'm riding the train, baby, 6-1. Go Owls. Rod Carey is going to be coach of the year if, this, if my picks go according to the plan here. Okay, I'm starting to think you're really not an SMU lover because you've been giving them losses ever since we did their preview. That's not true. I picked our losses against. Oh my gosh. I also only picked them to win six games <laughs> or seven Temple's games. This one. <laughs> Three and four. Three and four? Yeah, dude. I'm looking at the stretch of the schedule, and I'm not sure you're going to pick Temple to win another game now. Probably yeah, not. 
Yeah, you were right. You're, I was. I'm not gonna like you after the end of this yeah, episode. Yeah, you're not. I don't like you already. All right, Temple gets to host UCF this year. It did give UCF a scare last year. Um, that that game was uh, going back and forth at least in the first half, and then I think UCF really kind of pulled away with it. Uh, Armstead, I do remember getting hurt in that game, so that kind of was kind of hurt us a little bit. Do I want to do it? No, I can't do it. Josh Heupel is top three coach, so Jeez. he'll he'll beat you were insane. He'll beat my temp, he'll beat my Temple team. You are insane. So six and two for the Owls. What do you Close. got at? Three and five. Yeah. See. All right. It's not like you just picked them to win. Then they go on the road to take on a South Florida team that is um, I don't want to say anything that's going to uh, upset anybody here so let me, let me do no one, no let one me talks think about us unless we say something dumb or wrong so so let's let me let me choose my words precisely here um, trash South Florida team that Temple's going to destroy this year so give me the owls big in this game oh big wow okay um Man. I'm at three and five. Yeah. It's about time you give them a win. You gave them about three, four losses in a row, too, now. One, two, three. Sure, what the heck. I don't remember what I said for USF anyways. Temple wins. Four and four. All right, then there you have a... Do we have any facts to back that up, or are we just going on a whim? Facts to back up the USF is trash? Well, I don't know about trash, but the Temple's going to win. Oh, provide a score. Those are facts. You want me to give a score? I did say big. I said uh, big. That's not a score. No, hold on. I'm going to think about that. What score? I, had to, I want to look at last year's score first. We beat them last year, 27-17. Uh, yeah, I'm not going with that score. That's not fun. I'm going to say more of what we did closer to um, when we beat up Maryland last year. Let's say 35-14. How's that big? 21 points is not big. On the road? Yeah, fine. At USF? Fine. Come fine, on. okay, fine. Three touchdowns is not big. Good God. It's not. In this day and age, that is not a big win. Especially 35 points. Well, this is Temple, all right? It's not like we're a freaking... <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. That's that's what I yeah I should have thought about, is that it's Temple. So, mate, you're you're right. I'm wrong. That's uh, 35 points is a lot. That That's a lot of points for us. Shoot, 21 points is a lot for you. Whoa. Whoa. We went, we went over 21 points in. Hold up. I got to right here. Every game but one last year, buddy. Oh, man. <laughs> Might as well crown you as a top 10 offense then. Oh, I got those numbers right here. We were 60th. Huh. Wow. Nice. Okay, you, you put up 24 twice and 27 once. And 31, and, oh my gosh. Hold on, 29 hold on. 29 and 17. Shh, hold on. But 59 Jeez. against Houston. 
Yeah, that game's still hilarious. And put the 35 against BC. Man, we should have beat BC. I don't know. I still don't understand how we beat BC. Anyways, 59. let's bring it. You only put up 57 against UConn. What's up with that? Everybody will only put up 50s against them, though. It's true. No, did anybody get in the 70s? I don't think anybody got in the 70s last year. Which but they weird. all got in 50s. So Every you single at? team. You're at 7 and 2? I'm at 7 and 2, baby. So I'm at 4 and 5? I guess so. 4 and 5. Oh, wait. One. All right, then next up is a home game against Tulane. According to Bill of the Owls are a 12-point favorite against the Green Wave. 75% win probability, so give me another dub for the real TU. You are... Wow. Okay. I'm going to say win, too, but you are just out of control right now. How am I out of control? If you're going to give them a win, how am I out of control? Look, okay, what's... Okay, now, what's your record when you give them a win? 8-2... and two? I can't help it that their schedule They're is... They're not going 8-2. and two. The schedule is pretty favorable for them. I can't We're help gonna that. We're going to have to start betting some money. 8-2. and two. Hey, we're going to have that... I mean, we haven't made it official yet, but we're going to be doing those picks soon. You, I will be putting my money where my mouth is this year. Sure you will. You're already going back on SMU, so... No, I'm not. I got, what, 5-5? Five and five, You're 8-2? Eight and two, baby. And on some serious drugs. Not till I get to Amsterdam. I'm hanging up if this next game is a win for you. That's a win against Cincinnati. It's like, uh, no. I, this is where I, uh, I do have to call it here. But, I don't know. It, I, I don't want to think too far ahead. But, who knows where obviously who knows where the owls are at this point because i there is a whole lot of unknown i'm basing everything i'm doing right now on a lot of of last year which is kind of hard to do but there's i'm basing it more on what i think of my team moving forward but since he is um we're gonna do them next i believe they are I think next they are next i think and um I don't think they get to the same number of wins this year just because of that schedule they got is brutal. We'll talk about that. But I do think that this is a game that um, the Bearcats will get a win, especially considering it is a home game from them. And um, playing at Cincinnati, I don't know if we've ever actually really talked about this, but I feel like maybe not so much now, but maybe years back, it was kind of an advantage and maybe just those years when it was um, God, I'm blanking on his name now. Coach now in Notre Dame. That's who was there before, right? I don't know who you're talking about. Charlie Who's? Weiss? No. Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly, right? He came from Cincinnati, am I right? Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like when he was there, I felt like Cincinnati, nobody ever won there. And I feel like that, I mean, there was, you know, a couple, maybe a couple down years, but, like, I feel like Cincinnati has always been a place that has been hard to play. Just because, especially this tail, the tail end of the year, this game will be played in, you know, it's the end of November, basically. It, you know, it, it's brutal in Ohio in general. I mean, it's not Minnesota, for, 
because Joe. Well, yeah, but it's is it any is it any worse than the Philly? You know, in the Northeast in Philly. Yeah. Uh, so they always I don't know at least because I grew up in Pennsylvania, so they always is that talk about how Ohio's weather is always just a little bit nastier yeah, at that West time of the year. Sucks. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, because it's like, especially because the uh, the lakes are there, so they always get like that. You know, that it's always just seems to be, if not raining, it always seems like okay. When I think of Cincinnati football, for some reason, I think of all of their games are played in a fog. Like I feel like I'm serious. Like you feel like when you watch those games, especially their night games, they're always played in like it seems like a foggy weather. Even when you okay, same thing when like you watch the Browns. Even late night, some of those Ohio State games, you know, it's never just seems like it's like clear weather ever. It just seems like that Ohio has just always got ugly weather going on. Hmm. And if we're going to talk about it before, we we know what to expect from Cincinnati. Cincinnati is going to have a really good running game heading this year. Michael Warren, we're going to talk about him a lot next week probably. Uh, and then Temple, we have no idea who the guy is going to be. I mean, literally no clue. It's whoever, like I said earlier, whoever Rod Carey likes heading into this year. So, so yeah. You're, you're saying loss. I'm saying loss. Okay, good. Getting you back to normal. I don't think we have to talk too much about the next game. But I got my team at 9-3 and three to end the season. You're insane. 9-3. and three, Hey, I got say- to make in a bowl game, so that's you should like me a little bit. Yeah. They're going to send UConn. I hope, by the way, since this will be UConn's last game in the conference, and it will be senior day for the Owls, I hope they really lay the wood. Uh, Bill has it as 30 points. I hope it's closer to what they did last year, 57-7 game, which, oh, by the way, was the last game of the year as well for Temple last year. it was at UConn last last season, but you know, 50 spots to, to close out the season. Wouldn't mind seeing that send UConn back to the Big East and out of hopefully Division One football. There you go. So nine and three, representing the G5 of Memphis isn't. What did you have, What is your final record for them? Six and six. You've lost your mind. Who are your losses for them again? Uh, Maryland, Georgia Tech, no. Memphis, no. SMU, yes. UCF. No. Yes. Uh, Cincinnati. Well, the Maryland one, you're totally wrong. The yeah. Georgia Tech. Uh, no. Maryland? I've I watched Maryland. To, don't. It's not Texas, all right? They only beat Texas at a conference. Mm, we'll see. That's the only team that can beat out of the conference is Texas. All right, I guess uh, any more questions you want to ask me about Temple? No, you're out of your mind right now. Why am I out of my mind? Nine and three is totally realistic. I'll go worst case scenario is eight and four. I don't even know what to say to you right now because I'm just getting ready for. I thought I thought the top three coaches was going to be the the podcast that we argue a ton, but holy crap, you are just 
You're out of your mind. Bucknell. Okay. Do you want to do it this way? According to Bill's numbers, right? Bill has us a favorite in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. So what's the difference between me and Bill? One game. No, he has 7.4 projected wins. Okay. But I'm talking about the numbers that he has favorite. He has Temple as a favorite in that, that many mean games. That doesn't they're going to win. I didn't. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. I picked them to win. He thinks they could win seven games. So, what is the difference between us? One of you is normal, and the other one I'm talking to currently. Bill, are you on the line? Is Bill on the line? Did you tell me not Bill is on the line right now? <laughs> I wish. Sad to see him go. It's a sad day at SB Nation when we found out that Bill Connolly was leaving. But we're coming for you now, guys. We're coming. Joe Talk. All right, I guess on that note, we will wrap this episode up. Um, like I said, the Owls will be 9-3 and three to end this season. I, I gotta look at UCF's schedule because maybe I just put Temple as my uh, pick to win the AC East. No, I did have them losing to UCF and Cincy, so I guess I can't say that. But still nine and three, I'll take that. Rod Carey will take that. Probably be coach of the year if, if he wins that many games. You're okay. <laughs> <laughs> or otherwise, it's probably gonna be Josh Heupel. I don't know. Um, like I said, we will be on to the Bearcats next week. Um, we are we're almost done, Joe. We're, we're we're getting to the end. We are we've just about wrapped up our uh, position previews as well. We are slowly but surely going to get out our top fifty players in the AAC, and that has been a whole nother argument that's been going on between you and I. That's been we, less of an argument and more just like trying to get it. I, I don't know. Just like trying to get it, make done. sure we get it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've 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 compromised a little bit more on that one. I guess when it's fifty people, we just got to get just it. Gotta, you got to move on. You can't <laughs> yeah. sit there and argue over who's the eleventh yeah. best player. But we literally argued after what the fourth guy. Um, so yeah, seriously, it, it didn't take long for that one to go. But we'll get those out shortly. Um, Football's right around the corner, man. We gotta we gotta rush it a little bit. We do. And I gotta get to Italy and take my time while I'm there though. There you go. But alright, on that note, we're gonna wrap up this episode of the Underdog Podcast. Uh, make sure you are following us on Facebook and Twitter. Leave us reviews on however you're listening to us. And until next time, thanks for listening to our Joe Talk. Else, nine games, baby. Can't wait.